Um, but I got down and did that, had my hand out and listen, it was seconds, like seconds. And this all happened quick. And I got down and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, it's hard to like hold your hand this way. I'm like, am I too muscular? Like, and I was, you know, like what's going on? And then something on the darkest night I've ever been in the woods, walked out and walked into that water, conclusion. Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Society. In this episode, we have the privilege of talking to Mr. RPG, who you've seen in multiple different Bigfoot shows, such as Finding Bigfoot and Expedition Bigfoot. How far does one go when you go deep into the world of Bigfoot? And what happened that dark night when RPG was alone in the woods? Find out on this episode of Bigfoot Society. All right, Bigfoot Society, thanks for coming back for another episode. We've got a uh, new friend, Mr. RPG is how most people will know him. Uh, He's been all over the Bigfoot spectrum from all sorts of different things. And uh, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, man, I'm great. I uh, missus had to take off for work, so I was left wrangling the kiddos and like just barely got them down. And now I'm here because I've been so excited to do this, finally be a part of your world. And then, you know, your whole world like crumbles. But here we are. We're getting it done and nobody's screaming. So we're good. Dude, I love it, man. Is is that uh, is the necklace you're wearing? Is that the same one that uh, that Bobo wears? Yeah, yeah. This thing, this it, it took me years to shake him down for one. Like he would bring, you know, like 10 every time from the spirit carver. They're awesome for people who don't know. It's a uh, abalone carved out of abalone, Northern California. Beautiful. I actually got to uh, dive with Bobes to go diving for this. And then afterwards they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have gone. There were all sorts of sharks in the water. That's why the seals were acting crazy. Um, but I, uh, I tried to shake him down and he wouldn't give it to me. He just kept giving it to everyone. Cause he's such a giving, you know, nice dude. And then finally I demanded it. He gave it to me. And then that literally the next day on set, he was like, oh, I ran out. He's like, RPG, give me that. And it was the first time I ever said no to him. Like just I was like, nope, I love like I love this. I cried when I broke it in Cuba and the leg snapped off and I was like, (laughs) and she's like, are you going to let that ruin your day? I'm like, you don't understand what this means. This is like my diploma from PhDing on finding Bigfoot. Um, but yeah, so anyway, he has one too. And then and then he said, good for standing up for yourself, RPG. And then he walked off. Um, so I earned this. Like this this has been earned years of begging, basically. That um, is awesome. So not many people have one of those is what no, I'm No, 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 no. You have to be, a, well, maybe now, I'm not sure what the Spirit Carver is doing, but you had to be a friend of, of uh, Bobo, you know, wow. be in his inner circle. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh, RPG, how did you get into the world of Bigfoot? Uh, I, I, I was always into it. You know, we, I grew up a military brat, so we moved every two years. And, uh, you know, you were, you're just the weird kid. You're the new kid and you got to like blend. So you spend a lot of time alone. And I think, I think all that traveling and everything came with a lot of fear, right? Cause you knew you were going to a new school and let's be honest, like schools, that's a war zone. And it's, it's, it's scary. And when you're brand spanking new and even like the ugly, you know, the, the stinky little nasty kids are like, Ooh, I'm going to pick on this one. This is a good one. Uh, anyway, you just spend a lot of time alone in the beginning. And, and, and so I, I chased fear, you know, and then I've got a family of all these women with all these psychic gifts that are all scared to death of it. Not going to blame organized religion, but I'm going to blame organized religion for making them scared of, of being in tune with the, with the natural world. But anyway, so 
I just started looking into it. If there was a haunted house, I'd be like, well, why is people so scared? That's fascinating. Like, well, I, I don't want to be afraid, but I also want to be afraid. So let's go check it out. So I would, I would explore it. And most of the time I'd have to do it by myself because you learn like real young. When you travel with a group, if one person breaks and like loses their mind, then it's literally becomes the scariest moment of your life and you're all running and screaming. But if I went by myself, I was able to go deeper and deeper every time I went. You know, I'm not saying I went all the way to the top of the old insane asylum house by myself first time, but I, I did it eventually. And, uh, and, you know, if Scooby-Doo teaches us anything, right? At the end of the day, it's an angry old white, you know, guy. That's that's the problem. Um, but that's me. I was always the problem. I was just scared of nothing. You know, the worst thing that could happen to me in a haunted house was I fall through the floor. Uh, you know, get that till later, right? But then that spread to the woods, and then I started getting into the woods, and that was scarier because now you're in nature, and you're like, there's things out here that could like legit get me, like eat me. Um, but then once again, you learn that you create a, a sort of like force field around you and nature really, unless it's like the, it's right. You're between a mom and it's baby or like just a big old male or something that's, that's hungry. Everything goes around you. Nothing wants to mess with you. You're stinky. You're diseased. You, you, know, you shouldn't even be there. Go back to the city, go back to the fire. Um, and I just kept doing that and doing that and traveling and wherever we would go, I would just get into it. That And then anyway, it's a long, not so boring story. But then eventually uh, my brother and I, we started the Monster Brothers and we were doing adventures dude, together. Yes. And he said, yeah. Oh, dude, if you if you haven't seen the Monster Brothers, like go to YouTube. It's so check good. It out. Dude, four part series. We why didn't why didn't we make it? I don't know. They told us they're like, you know, if you guys were famous already, this would be an amazing show. I'm like, is that like the worst or best compliment to ever get? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it just, we tried to put a lot together in that, you know, like it's, you're looking for a monster, but then you go home and the adventure, you realize, oh shit, your parents are getting a divorce. You're like, well, mm. that's a bigger monster than anything. So let's go B plot. And anyway, we just mix it with humor and fun and everything. And I, I don't think everyone has to be so gosh darn serious all the time to be taken serious, right? You're not going to win anyone over. Just be yourself and people are either going to believe what you're saying or not. Uh, but yeah, Monster Brothers was a shit and we almost sold that. And then we were doing pickups for Spike TV and they were like, okay, we want to see a little bit more, a little bit more. And we're like, okay, well, who do we bring on the show that like embodies our spirit basically, you know, this is like, let's go have a great fucking time, but let's get shit done. You know, like let's work hard, but we're also having fun. I, you know, it's the ultimate, the ultimate, right? You're just volume totally up. So uh, my brother was editing at the time and this buddy Jensen said, you got to meet this dude, James Bobo Faye. He's the real deal. And I think you guys are going to fall in love. And we were like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. And then, you know, to anyone that's met uh, Bobo, like he's larger than life. He's he's the Paul Bunyan of, of our field. Um, and he said, yeah, hell, I'll come down. So him and Yammers actually came down to Mount Pena. Uh, just north of Los Angeles, and we met up to do to do a little squatching, but mostly to film pickups and to show a little bit more what the show is. And I gotta tell you, man, now that we're all retired, so to speak, uh, that's the hardest my brother and I have ever partied and filmed, and that's the hardest they've ever partied and filmed. And uh, but we got it done. We got the whole thing done, and it was just you know how it is like there's certain things you can do, and one of them is to go on an epic adventure with someone, and then you're bonded for life. Exactly. You know, you're bonded. Yeah. And that's what happened. So we became like best friends. He's like, I can't believe you guys. You're, you're crazy. I love you. Um, but it's also, can you work really hard and can you, can you keep it fun? Can you stay positive? You know what I mean? And that, that's, what's hard. So when he went on his show made it, my, our show didn't go anywhere. Uh, 
And after a season, one season one, 1. 1.5, I don't know. It's all murky back there years ago. Uh, he's like, RPG, you got to get on the show, man. We need, we need that positivity. We just, we just need it. It's a, it's a grind. Um, and then that's how I kind of transitioned into that. And, and I like to say, I got my PhD in Bigfooting there because all of a sudden, you know, to be a young squatcher and just into the paranormal, to all that traveling, everything to be getting paid to go live in the woods and hang out looking for big, it was just like, I hope there's multiple dimensions and universes. So every single one of you that are listening right now or into this, got a chance to boom, be in that position. Cause it was awesome, man. It was, if you're into it, it was the best job ever. And the irony is like, I had already sold the show to MTV. Like I was a big time creator, director, you know, producer, all this. But when I moved to California, I couldn't get work. Like literally, if anything, they were like lucky, you know, like no. And so I had to humble myself and then start at the bottom. And they said, listen, we can't give you a position. I, I wanted the supervising producer position right out of the gates. I was ready, dude. I was, I just got back from Africa all over the world doing it. Like, no problem. What are you talking about? No problem. Um, Nope, had to re-earn it. So started as PA. And that was like, the amazing thing about finding Bigfoot that most people don't know because it was all behind the scenes, every single one of the people that worked on that show was like a genius. That's, that's the only way I can explain. I'm like, like hyper brilliant, but like a weirdo, you know, like super and just, but crazy high functioning. And, and, uh, and to work like around that and be surrounded by that level of like talent, like so much talent that it's almost like casual, uh, was really awesome. Not to mention that we were in all the best spots. We interviewed all the best people. We, I, I, dude, the first time I went out with them, like action happened like first time, you know, and then it didn't happen for a few times after that again, but, but right out the gates, I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. I can't believe like first time. And of course, no one believed me there either. They thought I was the new guy. So it's just like, yeah, he's overzealous. All right. Maybe it wasn't a good idea to bring the RPG, but like, I'm not gonna lie about it, man. It took forever to have an experience. I, life is beautiful. It's not about like the, the orgasm, the end, right? It's about everything leading up anticipation, of the sighting is better than the sighting itself. Um, so all these things that have happened when I was on the show, they were all genuine, you know, and now could it be misidentified, whatever, sure. But something real was happening to me. Um, and that just kept happening over and over. And then I don't know, imagine it's like traveling high school, you know, but you can drink and do drugs and do whatever you want. And as long as you get to work on time. So I don't know. It's like giving a bunch of pirates cameras and said, go film this show in the woods. And they're like, but we're pirates. We don't know. And they're like, get it done. And we did. We just, we did. Uh, yeah. Chad Hamill built a really fun team. And like I said, I could, I could talk all night about the camaraderie and how awesome it was because the other thing people don't know about TV is it's hard, man. I mean, it looks easy at the end. Yeah. It's all cut together. Oh, that was, t oh, they were there too. Like it's snowing but we're on a schedule we're there doesn't matter how cold doesn't matter how long it takes and you know and, and you can average like 12 to 16 hour days if you're really grinding or weather is messing things up it's the real deal and just to have the patience to sit in the in-between and not just go crazy and want to fight with everyone because it, it's it's amazing it's amazing man it's the it's the what what's the class in high school the r not the rv who, who are the kids that went around filming uh it, uh ooh, the av uh, AV, AV yeah. club, yeah, yeah. It's it was professional AV club as far as I was concerned. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I miss those days, man. I miss it. If if any, yeah. Any of you ever had like a time in your life where you rolled with your crew and and it, it just 
it couldn't be boring because it was so epic. Like, yeah, mm. that was fine. Bigfoot. That's some good vibes from that description of, of uh, fighting, but you get, you had a real good time, man. That's amazing. And I've talked to other people that have been involved with that. Like, uh, uh, Melissa Berkman and uh, uh, Craig oh. Flippy was involved, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. course, course. And I can't, I don't even know a lot of the others, but even to get those two people and you in the mix, I can't imagine how wild it would have been, man. Just, just oh. wild. Dude, yeah. Melissa, you know what's great about her? This just little caveat. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When she first came on, I was like, I had worked up from PA to king of the PAs. Um, and I loved it, right? I loved it because it was mentorship and teaching. And there's nothing harder than you get on like a new show. You don't know anyone. You're trying to play it cool. You don't know the rule, you know? And that's that's why you mess with people. Like treat everyone like they're family. Well, not not family, family, but like family. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I would just, she would get in the car. It's the worst job to do. You ask any of them was to be the lead car when you're driving out and we've net you know we've only been to the place once or something because you mess up that caravan and everyone's going to be pissed because it slows down the whole production everything gets mm. backed up so like it's just it's the silly stress it's isolates that moment but it is it's real and i love it because when i was producing i wouldn't have to drive or anything or pa and i would sit in the seat next to it and watch them drive and just tease and poke but the, but at the same time, like I'm there, any any heat that came, I took it, anything. So I got him through like the driving and actually trained him to be really good at it. Melissa was, uh, she's amazing. She's, I don't know, I will promote anyone that can stay upbeat, positive and lovely through every storm thrown at them. And now maybe when we left and she went back to that hotel room, she cried her ass to sleep, but she didn't bring it to work. So mad respect for my girl. Yeah. That's she awesome. was awesome. Yep. 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 So looking over the entire finding Bigfoot, uh, let's say career. Um, yeah. Is there a time when you're out there in the woods when stuff got really real and you're like, you know what? I'm having issues dealing with this. Like this is a real Bigfoot situation right now. And I'm not sure if I want to be here. Like, was there ever any real stuff like that or there was there was definitely real stuff like that but no never me like all of a sudden realizing like oh wow i've taken this too far i actually don't want anything to do with this uh no i by, by that point i was like i was in you know i was addicted i i needed the fix and i was getting closer and closer to having real experiences and a few times it really happened. Like I legit in Turner, Maine, the Turner, Maine Bigfoot, you guys ever see the video on that one where it's, it's literally daylight and there's, there's this one moaning and just walking mm -hmm. across the, uh, the, it was an old logging trail that went back into the road. And it actually brought up a discussion. Like, do you, do we believe that there were possibly like grieving that goes on with Bigfoot and could there be special needs as well? Because if you listen to sure. it, it, it really has this deep moan, this kind of wailing moan in the way it's kind of walking, you know, which also like people think maybe it was a hoax, but it just, why I love that footage besides what I'm going to say next is um, it got a discussion going really unique things, real different angles. Cause I never thought of something like that. Like, yeah, would they walk around and moan if one of them died and cried? Like, it was kind of neat to humanize it. And then the young boy that posted the videos, you know, he was immediately humiliated by everyone at school and picked on and all this. And and sometimes TV is a good thing because we wrote in, uh, did an episode, put him on TV and suddenly he was cool. You know, suddenly it was like, oh, OK, that really did happen to you. Still weird, but cool. Um, and I like that. I like the TV can heal or help in that way. But anyway, in that in that area, dude, we legit I went out and uh, 
I just you taught you asked me was there a like a like a pardon my French oh shit moment I mean this this was yeah that, that's that's kind of what I was saying yeah totally yeah 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 because uh, we knew that we knew there was a video. Um, not every time would we be able to get to a location relatively recent to when it happened. So this was one of those times we were there fairly quick, uh, which is amazing. And yeah, so we knew this, they had gone out, they had gotten all sorts of things from knocks to whoops, like, like different stuff. So even they were getting action, but these woods were like thick and, and like pine trees with all those dried branches, that like witch's fingers, just like, yeah, walk through me. Yeah. Walk through me. I'm going to claw your faces for all this deforestation. Uh, so it's just a nasty place to be walking. Plus that night it was literally the clouds on top of clouds, on top of clouds, on top of clouds until the clouds were hitting the ground. It was just near zero visibility and just moisture, thick air. The ground was wet. But but yeah, so at, at roughly 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, they come back in all tired, sore, beat up, it scratches. Um, I go in the woods because I treated them like, oh, they're like a lure, right? So they went as deep as they could, got the attention if they're out there and brought them back to the edge of their territory. Hello, right? So I go in and I don't have to go in that far, but I'm in there and I won't, I won't tell the whole crazy story, but um, I'm out there and I had two apples and I threw one this way. It literally hit a tree right next to me and fell. And I remember thinking, wow, if they're standing out there, they're either laughing or like, they're like this dude's an idiot. I'm not talking to this dude. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I turn and I know I'm down the logging room. So I chuck that thing and it goes like 30 yards, you know, whatever. And it lands as it bows around in the water and the water is like a foot deep, maybe a little bit more, um, just because that's how wet and damp it was. And it's it made me jump when it hit the water, I'll be honest. Like, and, and that's what made me realize, oh, wow, you're like not as cool as you think you are. You are nervous. Like you're, you want this, you're excited. You built the bravery up. You are before the wall of darkness. You are here on the show. You know, they're at, like, I was in my moment and I really thought I was ready, but no, I was scared. And, uh, and so then I go, okay, okay, get it together. So I get down on one knee when I think I'm close, kind of like great apes do. And I put my hand out and, uh, you know, the, the big man will come and run his hand on it and basically say, you're okay. And then you can get up and go, I don't know what works. I don't know. I just know every native American I've ever talked to that has bestowed any wisdom on me or any of the old, old guard of the big footing. They said, you better have damn respect. So I don't know what more way to, you know, posturize, get down on the ground and say, listen, like, I don't even have to look at you. You know, imagine if it just came up and rubbed its hand. I'd be like, oh, my God, I probably shit my pants. But um, but I'd be happy It'd be the happiest poop and pants of all time. Um, but I got down and did that, had my hand out. And listen, it was seconds, like seconds. And this all happened quick. And I got down and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, it's hard to like hold your hand this way. I'm like, am I too muscular? Like, and I was, you know. Like, what's going on? And then something on the darkest night I've ever been in the woods walked out and walked into that water. Kaploosh. And I just remember, uh, yeah, like, like we're wild animals. We're very good at covering it up. But when you get into a, into a truly panic mode or and all your just everything turns on, dude, the world becomes electric. I could have sprinted. I could outran any Olympic sprinter for maybe like, you know, half a mile. Uh but it walked out, kaploosh, kaploosh, picked that apple up, and kaploosh, kaploosh, silence. And I'm there by myself, like, not, not super far into the woods, but far enough. Like, everyone's way back. They're eating. They're miserable. They're getting ready to go. And I'm out there on my fucking, already down on my knees. Like, oh, God, what do I do? And my arm just starts shaking, like shaking, because I just 
all I can tell you, for those of you that get close, uh, you're going to find out who you really are and, and how badass you really are, right? Um, but it's a chance for growth. So I literally just breathe it, breathe it back. And, uh, and I just sit in this moment going, this is the closest I've ever been. And, and, and it's kind of interacting with me. So then I started picking up little stones and I was throwing them just to see if anything would happen and nothing, right? Nothing, nothing. But then all of a sudden I realized, wait, every time I would throw almost perfectly in time, it was just barely off something would land near me and I'd be like, wait. And I did it like one or two more times as a while now, but one or two and it did it. And then it's kind of like when I, I must, it must've been all over my face, like, oh, oh. And then it stopped. And like, like time goes by. So you just kind of release on these, the finer details of it. You just kind of let it go. I'm like, dude, I had a, I had a real experience. It really moved me. It really made me realize that I, I'm still scared of these things, but yet I'm, I'm brave enough to keep going. Uh, but, but that was there and there's more, there's many more actually, which is kind of amazing that we got that close. Cause I think a lot of people think, ah, it's just TV. It's crap. But let me tell you, honey, uh, I've been there. I've, I've had primal fear and you cannot fake that. You just, mm. you can't, you can't fake it. But yeah. And after that, I mean, it, literally they, everyone saw that, like there was action all around people that they could see him moving in the trees on camp. And, but this is all off camera, you know, you know how it is. You film that long in the woods, everything wow. cameras go down, cameras are down. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, so anyway, just absolutely fascinating. And there were, there were more incidents like that. And it depends on who you talk to about it. I, I just tend to see the awesomeness of it. And, you know, it, we could focus on how miserable it was. It was, it was pretty much a miserable night. But dude, for us that like love this, I don't, mm. I don't care. Lasers could be going off, aliens attacking, but I'm there. Like Bigfoot's here. Like where's my popcorn, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Dude, yeah. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. When yeah. you were out there, did did you ever hear any uh, crazy vocalizations? Uh, have anything like that happen to you? Nope, no. Okay. In all those years too, uh, there was there was no tracks, you know, nothing sure. like that, and and no good. Did I did I hear things in the howls stuff in the? Of course, but nothing like I would be like, you know, epic Sierra sounds like whoa, you know, you got to hear that. Mm -mm. Mine was more moving around me. Like we would we would pull into base gotcha. camp. Everyone would go that way. I would just go out of base camp right over here to where the water's edge was. And I would just reach out with my mind's eye. I would leave an offering. I'd tell them I'm there. Do you want to communicate? And then I would just hear them come down the ridge and stop on the other side of the river. And I couldn't tell you how many times that happened once I started using that wisdom, which is like, like before we were even there, you can look at a map. You can look at everything. And it's, it's really this simple. I think life is really simple we complicate it you don't need to and i just look at a map say i'm coming if you're there awesome you know like if you don't want to be seen or whatever don't so hopefully i didn't screw the show a whole bunch of times but i kind of give them the heads up but once again respect 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 if you're going to go in the woods and there's a bunch of bears do you like do you like hold your breath and not say anything and not make any noise because you want to get the perfect picture no you fucking tell the bears you're coming so you tell these giant bears you are coming and then maybe they'll be lax and maybe they will give you a little something because at the end of the day who's gonna believe who's gonna believe this dude anyway right there's a story that we have a mutual acquaintance okay. and um his name is tate and tate oh, loves to tell us tate loves to tell a story about how he met you out during the 99th episode and I would love to hear that th through your eyes, because I've heard it so many times uh, out of his mouth. But uh, what yeah. was 
what was that whole 99th episode like for you? Well, what was awesome is like that. So that was that was the big grand finale, Finding Bigfoot. And it was awesome because we were so ambitious with that one. And I had really wanted to like prove my worth. Right. Um, And and so not only did we have to produce an hour long episode of television in the mountains. Right. We also had to put on a festival and just a festival alone takes lots of people, years, whatever. I was just able to do it. Oh, what's her name? Shira? Shira? I'm not sure if she's still Elizabeth. But anyway, she was absolutely amazing. And together, the two of us built a festival and built that. And the whole time it's where it's going on, we're getting word from all these different Bigfooters, Tate being one of them, being like, you got to get me in, guy. You got to get me in. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. And and for me, like, I wanted them all to be a part of it, right? Like, the one that's knocking on your door and the most passionate, shouldn't they be given the mic? I mean, they, they want it so bad that they're confident. They're, like, confident about it. And that's, you know, that's one of the things I think we all love about Tate. Like, he literally beats to his own drum, you know? Mm. And, oh, yeah. And he's, oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's awesome. He's a great character. And and he can roll with any group and any people. And it, and it won't... Um, alter his character too much he, he, he mm-hmm. he's strong he's, he's a strong strong dude yeah. and at the end of the day to to pursue these things and pursue these moments with creatures of the woods uh you gotta be you gotta have a backbone but anyway yeah so tate was super super into it and as we're building the show um there are scenes that you know you present and then we're okay we're gonna do this but then they just kept getting cut and cut so we kept getting narrowed down narrowed down and the worst part of producing is like someone who's so into it and you're doing everything you can to get them in and then it's just not gonna work out and you just gotta let them know you know you just gonna say hey uh, i'm gonna break your heart today and i'm so sorry and we almost got to that part but luckily we ended up having a scene and then and then we were able to divide them up so that they could go out in a group and he made the cut and uh and he was, uh, I don't know, he was just super stoked and super appreciative of it. And in my opinion, it's like, I'm more interested now in like the mentorship and the next level of squatchers, right? Because I'm getting busy with family. And yeah. I want to encourage them to go farther, go deeper. Like, like, the one thing people aren't doing, like, go, go really far, like, really go, go until you run into their territory. And they literally come up and push you out, like, do it. That's what Bob's did back in the day. That's, you know, Patterson, every, like, go. Um, and I hope I inspire people to do that. And Tate is someone that is inspiring people to do that. So it's, yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm a big oh, fan. Yeah. He, uh, he, time after time, he's like, you have to come out with me, come out with me. And then, mm-hmm. uh, last year, I believe he's like, I'm going out in Iowa. You literally live very cl- relatively close to where we're going to be. Yeah. You have no excuse. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And we had action. <laughs> like we got stuff, ha- but you got to go watch Search for Sabe on his YouTube channel too, yeah, the course. Iowa episode for that. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's there you go. Um, <laughs> when you say you got to go, you got to go for it. Mm-hmm. Can you explain? Like, let's say there's a listener and they're like, they hear you say, you really got to go for it. You got to go like Patterson did, like Bobes did back in the day. Yeah. What is that exactly? Can you break that down? What that exactly means? Sure. Uh, now, I am not saying to trespass, uh, break any laws, right. or anything. Uh, I yeah. absolve myself of all of that. But what I am saying is you find the road that goes the farthest, the deepest to where there is nobody except mm. a logging crew or a surveying crew, whatever. 
you you make friends with the people that give you access to that and you drive to the very 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 end of that road you park and you make calls into the night and you see what happens that would be my recommendation or if you have known habitat but it's around you know by civilization you get to the center and camp a long weekend a week the longer you can be there the better you've got to settle in like nature has to feel comfortable around you right once it's comfortable then uh there's no threat threat is minimalized maybe they'll come closer you know you never know that's if, if that's if they're even there but i guess what i'm saying is is like get dirty you know yeah. go beyond yeah. what you what you think is scary like you know don't just go a mile go 10 miles out map yeah. it out chart it out make make it like really an epic quest make it something that scares you because odds are most likely what's going to happen is you're going to go to the end of where you're brave or are like where you're brave and then you're going to conquer that and you're going to come home. So the, the, what's awesome is you're going to be just more badass as a result mm. of it. But what you'll also have done is prepped yourself because maybe that wasn't the trip, right? But if, if you're really in tune with this and you put it out to the universe, you want this, you want this, someone's going to come along and you will have the experience to go be present when it happens. Cause I think the fear thing is, I think that's like something real, like the less afraid you are, Unless you are super remote, I think they have they're more inclined to approach you, right? Like I'm not gonna approach you if I think you're scared of me, right? I'm standing there, I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, God, it looks like he's gonna have a heart attack if I like say, hey, how's it going? You got any you got any gray poupon, you know? Yeah, he just watches like gray poupon. What we can't be sophisticated, whatever. Classic uh, reference for all the new kids. They have no they're like, What is he talking about? Mustard? Go watch yeah. old commercials, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 dating myself a little bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, I guess all I'm trying to say is, uh, go further. And if you're, if you're curious, like, well, what's, what's far enough, hit me up, hit me up. I'll tell you if I think it's far enough or not. Um, mm -hmm. you, you gotta go where nobody else is going. Most people never go more than a half mile off trail in any national park. And, uh, honestly, I'm not saying to break and enter. I'm not saying to do, uh, anything right. bad either, but I've been to a few, uh, the perimeter and I've accidentally been to a few national parks uh they're a playground at night uh, i at this point i completely believe that they know they're there they know they come through at night certain times of the year and that's why it's closed and they won't allow camping certain times of year and whatnot um because i've had crazy action and we're talking like right near cities i'm not gonna say any names but it's a good spot but like literally right near major cities and it lights up at night I forget who said it. Somebody came up with the idea like somebody just needs it. It might even been Bob's. Somebody needs to just put a camera in trash cans at the national parks when they take the lid off. Boom, we got them. That's it awesome. Might, no, it almost might be that easy. I'm telling yeah, you. Like, totally. Because, yeah, that, I mean, that's what I would do if I'm intelligent enough to move like a ninja in the night. And I know they shut down this big, beautiful mountain with all this mm, fun smelling trash, especially if I'm a teenage squatch. And I give a shit what my parents say, like, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat the human food. I don't care if I have totally. diarrhea. Taco Bell, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's a party, man. It's a party on those mountains. But yeah, push it. Do it for yourself. And odds are you'll have an experience. A lot. Uh, well. I'm curious. So I'm, I'm curious myself, probably some listeners are curious too. Um, what do you think Bigfoot is exactly RPG? Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. The, que the question of all, the of ultimate all time. question. Right. Yeah. Uh, you can only travel with Cliff and Bobes and Moneymaker and everyone for so long and grow up with the Patterson Gimlin film to not 
want it to be flesh and bone, real, relic hominin, what, whatever you want to call it, you know, Neanderthal, but it, you want it to be real. Um, and at this point, I absolutely think there are uh, other relic species living in isolation um, comparatively to where we're living. Um, I just think there, there's just, and I'm, I, I've got to put this out there, it's got a little bit of a deep dive for people, mm-hmm. so go it if you mm-hmm. want. Um, but there's a book called Quantum Paranormal by Patrick Jackson, and he's come across something that just, it just really like lit me up when I read it. And I was like, oh, I think he's really, I think he's figured it out. So in a nutshell, you know, not to oversimplify yeah. it all, but um, there's a lot of land out there, a lot, way more than people think. There's enough space for everyone, enough land for everyone, everything. And most of us are huddled around cities or urban centers. And with all that land, you, you just, you have these different groups that are living there and you have these, uh, they saw in World War II, they're called Foo Fighters. They're, they're in ancient reliefs and ancient pictures. They're everywhere. There's these little metal spheres, but since they're not these giant motherships and Hollywood and aliens and Will Smith kicking ass, like nobody cares, but, but that's nature. Nature speaks in subtlety. And, and I just really think that what we are living on is like a giant game preserve. And we are, maybe we're the premier species. I don't even know. Maybe not, because we actually, the oceans are much bigger. There's gotta be something down there. Why the heck are we exploring the oceans? Why does nobody care? You know what I mean? Like, why, why do we care about that? Why aren't, why aren't we in space? Why, why aren't we going there? Why aren't we going to the deepest part of the woods? Where, where's that show? Where's that show that we just watched, right? It, wow. it, it doesn't, yeah, it's, it makes you question, like, where, what happened to the real exploring? What happened to the turn of the century when it was like the age of exploration and people were going places? Like, we were, that's exciting. You read the paper. Where did they get to today? To go back to the spheres, they just yeah. keep us separate. With today's technology, we have cloaking ability. We have all these things. So imagine a drone that's just moving along and, you know, we're in the woods and, and, and Bigfoot, whatever it may be, is coming through the territory, heading, heading home. Uh, it very easily can put up a shield. That's why people see it cloaking or like vanishing, like really weird stuff that you're like, oh, if it's flesh and bone and, and not all of these people can be lying, then what is happening? And I'm telling you, if you, if you include technology, if you add one more character, to the story. No, don't just keep it that simple. Then to me, it makes sense. They're like the wardens, the invisible wardens that just keep us separate most of the time, but occasionally there's lapses and that creates a story. And next thing you know, you have an urban legend and bada boom, bada bing. Um, and that's what I really think is oh, happening. Wow. I think there are relic hominins and we're being kept separate um, as best as possible. And that's it. And that's why I say go deep, because if you go deep enough, something if in, in this, and that's true, something is gonna push you out, you know, and say, you should not be here. Because at the end of the day, these fears, their job is to, is to, we have free will, so to speak, right? So it doesn't really want to interfere or do anything, but it has to create the illusion of open walls on this giant prison. I mean, beautiful, heavenly, but, uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, we ain't going anywhere. But we are just, we are beautifully distracted. That's why any of you that are in the woods and actually breaking from the tech, even though we're all teched out right now, and, right. And, and going, because going into the woods is like going inward, which is the only adventure that matters for all of us. Everything else is a distraction. So going to the woods, we can get there faster, in my opinion. Um, and I think, and, and honestly, that's another thing I think we did. If you want to talk about species specific, imagine if we didn't lean on technology like the dwarves in Token um, and kind of destroy ourselves, most of us. And we, we actually went like, what can we do with our body? I mean, there, there's been, there's studies come out and say we can completely regrow all the hair on our body, like long. Just by that's thinking true. it? Just, just by going in. Yeah. Apparently, really? like it's, it's possible. 
to be triggered and to, to okay. make it happen. Whether, but then you follow like Wim Hof, right? And so okay. you have this this crazy white dude that's taken these Eastern um, knowledge and just brought it back, you know, very Christ-like and sharing it. And he's doing almost impossible things like climbing Everest in his boxer shorts, you know, and just doing crazy stuff where you're like, huh, but no primer, no nothing, no nothing. But, but like for us squatchers, isn't it important to watch these people that are able to push themselves even farther? Because let's take the Patterson and Gimlin story. Like if, whether it's true or not, whether you believe that it's up to you, but in that story, they had pushed themselves to near exhaustion. They had reached a point, like they basically were like turning on each other and everything. Well, we got to go back when they finally made it, right? What people may or may not know about those two, those two are the two most badass, unknown American folklore heroes of all time. Like Norman Rockwell should have calendars just devoted to them. Like they were oh, yeah. the best of us, essentially. Dude, pro, pro boxers, rodeo stars, vets, like just the coolest dudes ever. And but I guess what I'm saying, but so they naturally with the training necessary to go long enough to have the experience. And for most of us, we're soft. We grew up in a different time, a different culture. You know, we're not farming for all of our food stuff. Although I'm, I'm turning this place into a homestead. I'm getting <laughs> off. For the, you. Yeah. Yeah. Trying, That's awesome. you know, trying making every mistake possible, but yeah. So the more badass you can make yourself, the more prepped you can be. So I would say, follow those mentors, look for mentorship. Uh, that's, that's, that's the key. And I think if you line up enough of them, you'll just develop a good core and, and be strong enough to go far enough to stand there and crap your pants. Like that's, it's <laughs> awesome. It's yeah, that is really just cool. a lot more to it, right? Like if you just focus on finding Bigfoot, you're probably going to be disappointed. But if you, if you kind of stand back and look at the whole thing, the prep, the adventure, the journey, like, you know, all of it, uh, you can really build yourself into this kind of big footing superhero. And, and you should, right. You should, everybody is capable. Everybody's amazing. Dude. I, I did these tough mutters, right. And I'm, I stay in shape. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm bet, oh, they're, they're, they're beautiful. Do them as a group, do as a fan, a team, a family. Sure. Cause you don't have to do everything. You just, but you do, you're going to walk the whole thing at least. But, but my point is, is like, I was fit in shape, everything. And, and it still broke me down and almost killed me. And as I'm like going up this hill on my knees, I watched this woman and, and, and I mean, it's absolutely amazing. You would overweight completely. Like you would never assume this woman would ever go anywhere near this. And she whooped my ass going up the hill. And she looked to me and she said, don't worry, honey, you can do it. And I go, wow. how are you doing? And she's like, this is my fourth one. And it's, I'm taking my health back. And I was like, go girl, go. Dude, it, it, we're all capable. Like it's, it's just, we got to get by this, which is way too powerful, mm. <laughs> way too and, and corrupted by our culture, in, in my opinion. But um, if you can, if you can blanket the noise, you can go inward, you can avoid tech as much as you can. Uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of potential. And so what if, what if, what if Bigfoot, Neanderthal, huh? these, what if they just without distraction have gone inward? then maybe you don't even need the technology. Maybe they can just, uh, you know, what did Tesla say? Like energy, frequency, vibration, right? Well, they can do the infrasound, you know, uh, and they better not have done it against me. But what if they could have? And, and just through the vibration, they can match you. So they can knock you out. They can make it blurry. They can make it seem like they're clothing. Like what, what if, right? We have all these humans that have these crazy gifts and, and attributes. Like why wouldn't that be something they have? And, and honestly, I'm not saying I believe that. I just... We have to stay open-minded yeah. because nobody knows. And anyone that has a closed book on it, this is what it is. Right. Um, I feel for them. I want to give them a big hug. I want to give them a big hug. But, you know. 
that's what's fun about it. Nobody knows. And if, and if you're not sure, like, don't let anyone talk. You try it. Try any experiment. Try something you think that will work, you know? And if it's respectful and fun, who knows? Who knows? Uh, there's a few people that know you from the first season of Expedition Bigfoot. What was it like being involved with uh, with that first season? So, uh, so Expedition Bigfoot was awesome because I just transitioned from being an international TV producer to a to a full time dad, and and it was like, oh, now I'm going to go pro. We go film for you know two weeks to a month out of the year. And the rest of the year I have with my kids to, to, to be this dad that I've always wanted to be uh, perfect. So I was stoked, dude. I was I felt like I had done all my time. Um, I, I've been good to everyone. You know, even the people that punch you right in the face, I am good to them. You know, Ooh, having a bad day, whatever. Uh, so I'd done my time. And, and when they were calling, they just kept hearing my name. Like, you should try this guy. Try this guy. He likes to talk. You should put him on. He's fun. Um, and so, yeah, we went, man, and I drove in and I just remember being like, how do you explain it? It's for those of us, once again, okay, I feel like I won the lottery because I won the lottery. I got to be on Finding Bigfoot. That was one thing, but I always wanted to be in front of the camera, you know, like I, 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 that was, that was my dream. I wanted to use that as then a platform to go on and make people feel good about this. Cause that was one of the things Finding Bigfoot did so well. It was the fact that like those town halls at first, we couldn't get anyone to go. Oh, People yeah. were embarrassed. There was shame around it. And that show single-handedly made it cool enough. And that was, you know, and I wanted to be a part of that. And if I could promote that and get more kids like myself and other kids that have these experiences that are real, but have them stand confidently and deliver, I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of that. So I was about to step into a mentorship role, and I was it was actually good timing in my life. And it happened when I was younger. No, I was just been all about me, right? Uh, but now it was, yeah, I was stoked. And I remember the location was beautiful. The the crew was awesome, you know, super friendly, professional. I I got along wonderfully with the cast. There's, you know, like I said, I don't battle with anybody. Um, and I come to find out, like Maria really really wanted me to be her second. She actually had a she had a say in that, like a good say in that. So not only was I their pick, but also uh, out of whatever her choices were, I'm not sure. Um, I was her number one. And that felt good because we were, we were going to be paired up, you know, and we were going to get to to work together. And, and, you know, I got, dude, I got three kids, another one on the way. She got six. Kids. Oh, like, wow. she's, Congratulations. She's, a, she's amazing. Like, like, look at the full depth of people. Look at her. She is so deep. She's the deepest, most beautiful ocean, man. Anyway, all the success to her, but yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was just awesome. But, but I just, I wasn't feeling good. And I just, I was like, what is off? Like, what is off? And I had never in my life had I ever gotten migraines ever. Dude, I hydrate. My mom always has a glass of water in her hand. So now I, I always have, wait, am I like my mom? Son of a <laughs> right, right. You know? And but I had just gotten back from the Guiana Highlands of uh, South America looking for the lost city of gold, helping produce an episode of that. Um, I had gone to Mexico for tooth work, which I had been doing for about four years. Dude, the, the dental service, the price, the just the fun of going to Mexico. Dude, I recommend it. Um, but there's also the chance of it getting infected, right? And then I go on the show and then there's the stress of finally stepping up and going pro, you know, the way I always wanted. So I think it was kind of like a perfect storm trifecta. And then there's also the chance that infrasound could have been used because I sure. never felt this. And I, I felt a little bit residual afterwards, but I was, dude, I was good the next day. They took me to the hospital. I got souped up, whatever they put all in me. I came in, I was jogging the next morning and I just jogged right into, oh, you're out of here. And I was wow. like, don't you even like a good, like, 
even if it would, this is the truth. Even if yeah. it would have killed me, I would have worked through it. I, right. One of my eyes just dropped out and it was just bleeding colors this way. It was like I was, uh, I was doing DMT out of one eye and still okay. having to be able to focus and keep my attention. Dude, I, he's in, I wouldn't, I would have done it too. Like I'm, I'm, like I want to win, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm competitive. I want to win and I'm a team player and I had made it. I wasn't going to let the team down, uh, but that's, that's the corporate world's different. You know, your liability yeah, and nope, exactly. you went to the doctors, that's it done. Wow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, that, that, that hurt. That's the, not only did I like, I was a family man. Right. So it was perfect. Timing, and then I failed and I didn't just fail me. Fail me is fine. Whatever. I'll go to, uh, you know, I'll go on a tropical vacation and, and party it out. Mm -mm. Now I let him, I let him all down. So that, that hit me hard. And then I did it on a grand stage in front of everybody, like all my friends, everyone that put their name in for me. And I was just like, Oh man, uh, life just does those things sometimes. And there's nothing you can do about it. I almost think like, it's like a wink, you know, it's like, okay, let's see how you stand up. You know, it's gonna take a little while, but it's like learning to walk again. Like you're a toddler. Um, but it's great because it leads to new things, you know, doing outcast paranormal now and it's awesome. And I'm, and I'm with a group where I can just be me and we can push it. Right. Like we people that aren't afraid to juggle chainsaws, so to speak, but like to right. do things that are a little edgier. Like I was saying, go farther, go beyond your fear. Well, to be with a group of dudes that we push each other to go a little bit farther beyond our fear is great. It's a rite of passage. It's I don't know, man, I want to I, I got kids now. I want to be the best version of myself. <laughs> um and so, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a hell of experience. That's, that's all I can say. And I wish him the best that's and it was awesome. beautiful. And I almost caught my ship, man. I was right there. So oh, just wow. yep. don't be afraid to go down. That's all I can say, but don't just try not to stay long. And the, and the sooner you lean on people, the sooner you kind of let people know what you're doing, the sooner you can get lifted up. When your buddies are making fun of you about it, you know, you're, you're going to be doing all right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, you brought up Outcast Paranormal, and I'm glad I'm glad you did because I was uh, we were going there uh, eventually. Uh, I'm how did you get involved with the Outcast Paranormal guys? Those guys are just they're so wild. They have you can tell they have a lot of fun, and the stuff that you guys put out is yeah. awesome. Like Satanga, oh, holy, yeah. holy mackerel! That was such it's a, such a great like series of of films that you guys made up in uh in uh, just north of Omaha, Nebraska, right? Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, well, uh, the first start of your question was how did we get involved? And basically I was moving to Florida and I, I started talking with Stacy and I'm like, uh -huh. listen, I'm, I'm busy now with kids and everything, but I still want to stay active. I, I still want to, as I come down, I'd like to do something, you know, when I, when I get a chance. And so him and I linked up and we were actually supposed to shoot up at the Conjuring and do some stuff and then, you know, the whole uh right. pandemic thing you know right. the world just changed and yeah, so we kind of had the brakes put on you know but then but then we came down here and we decided well let's do something local let's just let's do something local so we revisited you know the falconer footage and the fact that his his dumbass actually had bigfoot they would have the best big bigfoot video evidence of all time if poor old, it, poor old Bill Brock would have just turned the camera on. This is another thing for everyone listening, right? Like you can be prepared, you can have the camera, you can be in the right spot. And still when that shit hits you and it's real, there's just, you can't go train for that in the gym or right? you'd have to like get into an accident every day to be like, all right, here's the accident because he just he didn't and just ran right by him, you know, like, or wow. like, and turn, but he was at the end of a line, a fire line pushed through the woods. 
And in our film, we go back and we reproduce that and we hit that entire area up, um, which, which was really fun. But yeah, that, that the Bigfoot was there. And what people don't know about that popular footage, or, or maybe you guys do, uh, when they actually went out and looked around the area, because Falconer was coming through for weeks and the buzzards were growing in number and wow. growing and growing. And it was to like a point where it's like biblical kind of thing. And he's like, and he even said, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I, you would have thought I would have noticed a little more, but, but you're on your way to work. You know, you're, you're not trying to, you got, you got to get there. It's probably running late. And, uh, and he just happened to know what it was. He was lucky because he was, everyone else was like, what is that? What's going on? But anyway, he got out. When you got down there, they were pigs, right? They were live, healthy pigs with just one leg broken. No way. Yes way. Just one. And, and so so let, let's just sit in that moment for a second. So people, there's a video. People see it. He saw it. He swears by it. So does his son. Um, Stacy goes with it with the boys. They run into it. It actually was out there on the peninsula when they were there and they scared it out. Never been back ever since, apparently. Uh, but like what a level of intelligence to make the pig cripple enough to where it can't go too far and you yeah. can just have a nice easy meal genius right like yeah. spooky genius but genius so anyway really really interesting stuff but in that film we we explore those those areas and there are still areas around Mayaka, the park itself that are super active man this one guy rogers we call it uh mr rogers paranormal neighborhood and and let me tell you man he's got high strangeness and he's seen all sorts of crazy stuff and and uh, the film just kind of exposed the, the the wonderful characters of that south central florida and and these people living on the fringe of a, of a park that is I mean, there are gators in there. Stacy went out like so. It, at the end of it, it's three parts. Okay, skunk cape experiments, and uh, not to jump to the end, but in the end, like we both kind of go our different ways. And I stay on the path, and I and I go to where uh, a remote campsite. You know, I still go far, and I'm by myself and everything. But for me, it's scary. He just goes straight into the woods, just and heads towards the river. Long story short, he ends up seeing a gator and seeing tracks that like you just you know these they can't be this far north, something this big like that but something so big that it's not scared of you at all it's going to come and push you out or eat you um so just that's the kind of level like we we were pushing it and then we ourselves to tie it into the pig we actually go out in that film and catch a pig bare and for all of you that like how do i explain it you know we go i like going to the movies right you know mm -hmm. go, go meet your friends at the bar go go have go have some dinner maybe play some miniature golf well some people go pig hunting but not with guns they catch them barehanded and I, the only thing i can tell you is, is it is the most righteously awesomely badass thing you will ever do or ever witness i wasn't even a part of it in my heart i watched this guy catch a pig with his bare hands and, and anyway well we, we caught him and then we put a homemade tracking collar on which these are the things that you can only do on yeah. tv right like who's doing that we built it contact but that's that life you build your character right so i built in one of my is a producer so i have no problem calling someone and being like hey we're doing this crazy thing you know you want to be a part of it and i'm like yeah that sounds great we love crazy things so we built this collar and and then we released it into this into bigfoot habitat where they're supposedly crossing back and forth through just i don't know man it's just fun you don't need a huge budget you don't need you don't need hollywood anymore that's all i can say like if you're passionate that. enough like Goonies, hey you guys! Yeah, dude, like totally. call your team together, 
and take your AV superstar asses into the woods and get it done, man. No problem. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. When you guys, uh, when you went up and, and filmed Satanga, uh, which I really like it because it's in my neck of the woods. It's, you know, I'm, I'm like an hour, hour and a half or so away from, from those dudes. I'm, uh, just, you know, over in Iowa, but was there anything uh, that happened when you guys were there that didn't make the uh, the film that was that was wild, or is everything in that film that was that was wild? Well, well as, as a disclaimer, um, yeah, we we they've had a lot of people, a lot of big names come to to walk among them and share their experiences with them, and they've turned all of them away essentially. That's okay. Um, yeah, so it's so they're they're difficult to like get through to, and and so um, like we even went we went a first time and then we went a second time and that first time like yeah. banging heads you know we almost weren't going to go back but but then you sit and you go okay so what what are they really asking for right they want to be taken serious and and for most of us being just completely frank when you hear that Native Americans are using prayer to bridge the gap between our, our, our culture, our species, you're mm -hmm. like, what? Like, what? You know? Um, but if you keep that open mind and you realize why are all these big names going, there's something going on there. Then, then you go, right. And you say, listen, I'm, I, I want to be mentored by you. I want to learn because I would never have to use prayer. And I use mind speak, which I guess if you look at it, kind of a, kind of a way of praying, just, you know, being respectful, letting them know you're coming. Um, but it works for them, man. I, I, all these years, what, 30 plus years of adventuring and doing it from kid forward, never had that much happen in one cold ass weekend. First of all, you guys, it's, it's like crazy cold there, like crazy cold. Maybe I'm just soft now that I live in Florida and I just can't handle any, any weather, but like, and when the wind comes howling off the river, you're just like, Oh my God, but active. And so as a result, we said, so how do you do it? We're here to do it. We're not here. To, this isn't about glory and capturing everything. It's like we would really love a, a genuine experience. And they said, well, you got to turn the cameras off. So, so you're like, damn, well, that's like the only thing that's going to make this a little <laughs> hard to like sell it. But in the film, if you watch it, I think we did a pretty good job considering that all the things we were experiencing, if you were there, were phenomenal. Like, man, man, I... I, I, I don't even want to believe what happened because it was so spectacular. But but I stood in the woods next to my brothers in arms and uh, and I watched the woods light up with light like and I'd never seen anything like this before in my life. Never. I, dude, I believe in the spheres. I think they're there. I think that I've never seen one, you know, but I you got trust. You got that's the oldest part of you, right? Yeah. First thing you develop actually has brain cells in it. Everything that goes higher, even your heart can mislead you, but not you got and uh and yeah and it was i was either staring at the bottom of a mothership but there was no noise and it was in it was in the woods um or the greatest hoax ever i mean there would there would need to have been hundreds of people wearing like light suits and having things in their hands and like it would wow. the most wonderfully orchestrated thing or what i bared witness to was uh what you know who was there that you also know Eli. Well, that's how I first heard about it because I was hanging out with Eli at Crypticon and he was like, I I was involved with this thing. And he told me a little bit. I was like, oh, I would love to see that. And then you guys, 
it was released on uh was it paraflix xx uh yeah, okay. i'll put it in the show notes but um i was like this is crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah it was and and like so yeah we weren't able to film it but as a result of not making it about that and making it about okay we're here to have a genuine experience and they would do a prayer and then and then the woods lit up and so now i'm watching this right and in it there are these two pairs of eyes moving one like an orangish red and one of this bluish like bluish thing and they're just moving through it and then they would vanish and disappear but you're so mesmerized by the lights and now honestly i thought it was the road or houses i was like because we didn't go there during the day we just came at night and i was like eh, it's it's too much it's too much there's no way there's no way it's you know it's fucking spectacular and and these eyes move and when they got to the part where there were less lights it was twinkly it was kind of like this whole area I remember I was just watching them and I'm swaying my head like they said the Satonga there moves. Satonga is their, their name for Bigfoot, for those of you that don't mm. know. Uh, the movie's called Satonga, Bigfoot, Spirits and Faith. And uh, and I'm over there and I'm swaying and no lie, man, all of a sudden that pair of eyes, that little one just rises up and stops. Like at considerable height. How high, I don't know, you know, in, in the night, but like, wow. like double the distance. And I just remember having another one of those. But there were yeah. so many lights and I literally had like Eli and then uh, Derek was there and um, and yeah. And then and then and then they're like, OK, we got to go, man. That's it. We, we don't be too intrusive. You know, this is their playground. They literally called it Bigfoot Playground. Oh, and man. I went, wow. Listen, if someone would have told me that Bigfoot throws raves in the middle, in the middle of the boonies in Nebraska, in Nebraska I would have yeah. called them crazy. But it was the largest rave I've ever participated in, or at least bared witness to. Man, it was, and that was just that was just one of the things. We unfortunately weren't able to film it all, but we were able to capture some of the stuff. And all I can tell you is, you can it, it reads on our faces, and you can just tell, man, you can just tell. It's totally. it's amazing. Whatever's going on there is amazing, and their gateway, their 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 entrance point is through prayer. So mm. don't discredit any technique. You know, a lot wow, of different yeah, ways of enlightenment. Very, very interesting stuff. Outcast Paranormal is coming out with some wild stuff. Uh, it is next. It, it there are parts that are intense, and it is not for the faint of heart. But if you're into like Bigfoot stuff and you like paranormal stuff, like you're gonna dig it and just check it out. You know, uh, it it man, um, it was a little bit out of my uh, comfort zone, uh, but I was like. I even had a conversation with Stacy. He was like, what did you think? I was like, I don't know, Stacy." <laughs> but I was which, like, man, hats off to like Ryan. We talk about all of it. I'm, to I'm talking about like, um, um, not Satanga, but like the, the uh, skunk experiments. Skunk? Yes. And like your part at the end, I was like, Oh my goodness. This is like, this is amping up like crazy dude. Yeah. We, so, so here's, here's the theory on it. Okay. The walls are breaking down between yeah. the different disciplines within the paranormal, which is healthy okay. and it needs to happen. If you're just a ghost person, but aliens and Bigfoot are stupid, uh, we need to we need to dissolve that. We need your help. You're doing some stuff that are amazing that may work. And and like I said, it's we're just missing the right pieces to the clock to make mm. it come together. So the sooner all these disciplines can come together and we can have fun together, uh, I think we're, we'll get to answers a lot faster. And that, in a nutshell, is kind of what uh outcasts what we are as outcasts you know we're all these 
we're all yeah. these outcasts because we are willing to try what nobody else is willing to try. We're willing to give everyone a chance to try their technique, you know, because who knows who's right. And and honestly, some of the craziest techniques make for the make for the best uh, the best adventures. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just bringing all the disciplines together and 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 seeing what works. And mm. you know, so far we've been running into we've been running into some crazy stuff. So you guys are coming out with a podcast, right? Did I see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Stacy doesn't he doesn't sleep. I I don't know. I, uh, yeah. He's on. He watched Men in Black. I think he's on that like 36 hour <laughs> sleep schedule. So he's just yeah, yeah. he's burning. But yeah, it's something he wanted to do. And and uh, you know, my brother's found good success with it with his uh, Cosmic Cantina. You obviously wonderful success. And we're hoping that we can. Yeah, no, but like we can't compete with you guys. You guys, you, you did it. You nailed it. You're good. We want to try and, and just like we did with um, the Skunk Ape experiment, we created a graphic novel element and we weave the stories together to give a yes. new flavor. Like we're, we're not, we acknowledge there's a lot of good people working in the space, man. We just want to create a flavor for people like us that like it a little, like a shotgun, you know, it's like a little more fun. A little, Absolutely. A little more yeah. fun. It's not that we're not doing the work, you know, um, but that's, that's the goal. So we're, we're hoping to be a little bit edgier, you know, it's awesome. a little, that's yeah, great. yeah. In about six years, it'll be legal to do our podcast. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, RPG, this has been a delight talking to you. It's been so much fun. Uh, thank yes, you for, for showing us into your world of everything you've been involved with. And I mean, you, you've taught us a lot through this interview. Uh, it's been amazing. Before we head on out, it is, uh, by all means, if there's anything that you want to plug or, you know, have people make sure they keep up to date with, uh, take some time to do that. Well, uh, the Satonga, we're, we're waiting for that to come out on um, on Amazon and that should be out on Amazon oh. in a couple months. So we're just learning things about the business and, and right. that, you know, there's just certain places people want to rent and do things. And we're, we tried different areas. So just know that it's coming out and. And listen, if it's moved you, like I'm telling you, it's if you enjoy things in this space, this is a, like I said, a unique flavor, a unique look into mm -hmm. a small part of the world. And, and they're awesome. They're, they're amazing characters. Right. Um, and besides that, yeah, man, if you're, if you're cohabitating, like legitimately cohabitating and for you, it's okay to include someone in that world, someone that like, literally, like, I'm going to tell them I'm coming if, you know, just, and if they don't want anything to do with me and that's okay, I would love to hear from people like that. And I completely respect them never saying anything as well. Um, Cause I'm cohabitating here. My girl saw it right on our land, which is crazy, but those are the people I'm looking for now so, because until I can get back and go really deep and, and do a real push it, which we'll make a doc about be awesome. Um, I'm looking for a little bit of easier of an entrance uh, in, into it. You know what I'm saying? So any yeah. cohabitators, I'd love to hear from you. Or even if I'm not allowed to come out, I just I just love to hear because there's there's got to be something that you're doing or there and, and all these pieces that maybe I can create here. Because at the end of the day, I'd love it if they're passing through following the, the river system um, that they can stop in and grab the right berries to eat, whatever they like, you know, I'm just trying to be super respectful and, and who knows, yeah. maybe then one day I'll actually get to sit and stare and cry that, it, that, it, that I was able to get there and see one for real, you know? That's awesome. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I, I hope that it sounds like you got some action going on in your property. I hope that yeah. keeps ramping up and maybe there'll be an outcast paranormal coming out about that. Who knows? Or yeah. even if there isn't, you know, 
that's all right too but um yeah. rpg it's been fun hanging out uh thank you so much for coming on man yeah but thank you for uh continuing to make people feel good about these experiences in this world you are literally one of the best so congrats thank you mm-hmm Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page, and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least, that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.